0: Do you want to go in order, like, oldest to newest or backwards?
1: Ew, you know, no, that's stupid. What's Which oh. one is stupid? Going backwards to forwards. Oh, someone's drunk. No, I'm not.
0: It's a full uh, squad tonight.
1: I'm, like, barely tipsy. I've had three glasses of wine.
2: <laughs> I miss last time when you were like, I'm the only high one here when we were all high. <laughs> Well, how am i supposed to
3: know oh my god is this what are we predictions for the reunion do we think it'll be lit i mean liz yeah. is there
1: so
2: yeah liz oh. is gonna dominate oh it's i'm afraid be, for
1: just jessica
0: i'm i'm it's gonna be a mess it's a big cast they're all super active they're all gonna be talking over each other it's gonna be crazy can't wait yeah. and they're all gonna be getting drunk or high or both
4: Well, I mean, if they're playing the final tribal council bingo or drinking game that they're making, they're
3: probably all going to be dead. (laughs) Uh, uh, Yeah, (laughs) that's that's all I have to say for that. Yeah. And no, it'll be a hot mess.
1: Um, All right. Let me just introduce
3: this so we can start. We're in episode 13.
1: Is that your door dad? Is that Otto? Yeah, that's my
3: That's my Popeye's. Nice. What'd you get? Just three-piece Chicken.
1: Okay. okay so you're going to want to go for whatever one was. Okay we got no Hold on <laughs> All right 32 days yeah. good Yeah I'm Thir- fine i
3: 32 out my days to- <laughs> 32 days 3 castaways remaining four co-hosts, and one podcast. This is Stranded in Tuamotus, and I'm your host, Pooty. Today we're joined by four co-hosts and alumni of Stranded. LaVita, winner of Isolated 4, who originally played in Stranded for Victory, Season 36. Hi. Joaquin, winner of All Stranded, who originally played in Stranded in Indonesia, Season 27. Sup. A very lit Nofo, host of Isolated, who originally played in Stranded in Venezuela, season 19.
1: I'm not. I'm so sober.
3: And Danny, host of Excursion, who originally played in Stranded in Turks and Caicos, season 32. I am also so sober, just like Nofo. Fuck you. (laughs) Today, we're going to (laughs) recap the final week of the Two Tuamotus, where we have our final eight, which is now the final three headed into their final tribal council. What a week it's been. We knew this was going to be a chaotic week. I knew it would be somewhat unpredictable, but I didn't realize how unpredictable it would be. I had no idea Shamar would be the first boot.
0: Yeah, I mean, throw out everything you said on the last podcast, right?
3: Yeah. And I think we're left with three of the best players this season. Really, I mean, outside of maybe Stephanie with two ends and Alexis, you know, these are this is it. This is like the top players. So um, that's pretty rare in stranded and in online games in general.
2: Yeah, I mean, we can go into it in a little bit, but at least since I started watching, this is like top to bottom, probably the the most stacked. Final three.
3: Yeah. Um, Well, let's see how they got there, and then we'll talk about the final three and their chances and their journey. But let's let's catch up with where we left off, which is eight castaways are remaining. So... A reading from Levita's Aro and lovely notes, we have Michael and Jessica remain at odds, especially after he insinuated she was Johnny fairplaying him about her grandfather. Yeah, big oof on this one. Uh Michael after that council where Aurora goes home, which was an epic travel council, uh Michael just decides to go full Johnny Fairplay uh, himself while accusing Jessica of lying about her grandfather dying. Not the best look, not the best choice on Michael. I, you know, I think we said it in the last podcast, but like, put that in your confessional. Don't ask her if she's lying about that. <laughs> like, because if you're, if she's not lying, you just look like a big asshole, which he did. It's
1: very nasty.
3: Yeah, Nofo, you started out as a huge fan of Michael's and uh, have not loved the villain turn
2: he's taken.
1: I don't know. I just think it's really mean. I don't like mean-spirited villainesses villains villains
2: he well he's interesting he's a woman but um (laughs) his problem was he needed to start by asking her by saying please be honest with me Mm
0: -hmm. yikes yeah. Uh, Michael's had quite a few moments and he will continue to have those moments from here on out, kind of really embracing that villainous to a point where you can tell he's really enjoying himself. And I think that's what's revering some of the lurkers the wrong way is how much he's enjoying himself.
3: Not me. I, I'm living. for.
1: <laughs>
3: I love it. I say, you know, the more campy villain you can go, the better in my eyes. I don't know. You know, we blur the line between game and not game. I think he might have crossed a little bit, but, you know, I think all fair and Stranded. What do you guys say? Do you think he's crossing a line into like bad acting uh, territory? I don't think it's necessarily crossing a line. I mean, there's a the thing. There
4: is a chance that somebody you meet in an online game could pull that kind of shit on you. The problem is that he said it to Jess's face. But like normally I would just like go into my confessional and be like, oh, OK, like whatever. Like this person's claiming this. I don't believe it. And then you go on with your day. It's the calling out to her face and trying to guilt her into feeling bad for not voting with you and the way he used it. That is the problem for me. And it just is, it's added on to all of the other ways that he treated Jess that makes it feel gross. It's not necessarily just the single act itself. You know,
1: my, my problem is he knows that he's crossing a line. He admits he's crossing a line and that he is being these things and like it, it doesn't feel entertaining to me.
3: Well, some of the things he's done are very entertaining. Like, I think all the shenanigans of tribal council, all his uh, backstabbing is lying. That stuff's fine. I think, you know, when you get into a territory where he's admittedly, uh, you know, they use the term gaslighting, which I hate, but I mean, he said that that's what they're saying. So he's that's he's purposely doing that in order to guilt Jessica into doing what he wants. Now, I mean, that's fair. There's no law against that in Stranded. It's not like he's I don't I guess you could call it an abusive relationship, but it's not like he's abusing her or anything we would need to step in for. It's just he's guilting her into voting his way. And this is a game about manipulation. And she's highly susceptible to being manipulated. So
4: yeah, I think I think one of the things for me, too, is that like this relationship between the two of them has been progressively working towards this for God, like however many rounds, when did they do that first swap? The like day, whenever they became
0: partners,
4: (laughs) Right. it's been like like this isn't like he's just out of nowhere manipulating her. This is they've had a relationship long enough that he knows exactly what buttons to press with her to get her to cave and do what he wants. And I think looking at the final result and how quickly Jess turned around and just did stuff that Michael asked her to do and how quickly she caved when he would be like, well, you betrayed me first. She'd be like, OK, yeah, I guess I'm so sorry. I think when you see it like that, it seems a lot worse until you realize that it's literally just the way she responds and he learned it and exploited it. And it's not malicious intent in the fact where he's like, ha Jess, like you're terrible. It's the well- fact that knows that he can use her as an ally you know like that just like it's what the game is and sometimes it's a little ugly to
3: watch i don't know i do think sometimes like he's actively laughing at her in confessionals oh, yeah. he,
0: he i mean is he's calling
3: laughing. her yeah he's calling her like the yappy chihuahua like he's it's borderline on see this is the thing i think he actually might dislike her and I think she actually really likes him and is treating him like a friend. And I don't think he's uh, reciprocating that. I think he's exploiting that, which is fine. But that's why it's
1: a little gross. I think it's just mean spirited.
0: Yeah. From an analytical perspective, it's impressive how he learned her so well to be able to do this kind of thing. But from a personal perspective, it just kind of, yeah, feels gross. People are calling him like icky, smarmy, that kind of that kind of feeling. He's very
1: skeezy. I don't smarmy is the perfect word. It's just mean spirited. And like, you don't have to act like that. I mean, 37 people have won and I don't think anyone's acted like that. Who's one? Well,
3: well, I don't I'm sure we've have, but also I mean, it's different. The game has gotten so much more personal lately in the newer season. So it's going to get more and more of these scenarios. I mean, we saw one last season with Dean Allison. I it's just it is hard to watch. I, I think what's making it harder to watch is that Jessica, someone we know,
1: has no self-awareness.
3: No self-awareness, maybe lower self-esteem than say a Michael. Uh so it's hard to watch someone who Might genuinely be looking for friendships in the game. Be treated that way, especially when she's already getting a lot of shit this season. I think we're all a little bit, we were already worried for her mental health after this because of how much she cares about it and how it hasn't really gone her way outside of her doing very well in it. She hasn't played the best game, so we're worried about her reaction to hearing about that, which we're seeing now in the jury, but we'll probably get worse after the game is over. So to couple that with someone purposely going out of their way to hurt her is a little bit like, okay, let's, let's not dog dogpile. Tone it on her. down.
0: When Dean, when Dean comments that somebody should tone it down, it's uh, I think that's a pretty clear sign. But yeah, yeah, I think Jess has just invested so much of herself into it, into this game. And Michael knows that. And he's definitely taking advantage of that.
3: Yeah, I mean, look, we'll get into the good sides of Michael because there is a lot of good sides, I think. But it's you can't talk about that without talking about the Jessica situation. It's it's the part of the season. It's the storyline of the season. And it's impacted the vote thus far. So like we have to talk about all sides of it, including Jessica's bad gameplay, too. It's like all things we need to talk about that are not easy to talk about, but uh, have been very fun to watch in a way that a train wreck is fun to watch. (laughs) Not something that you necessarily want to happen, but if it's going to happen, we're going to watch it unfold. Let's go ahead and talk about this round some more. The final eight oh, are yeah, all trying boot. <laughs> Yeah. Oh yeah that. Um the final eight are all trying to figure out their best path to the end, Shamar features in a lot of endgame plans and might be a locked final three spot, but most people are <laughs> focusing on how to get Alexis and Michael out of the game before the final three. Fast forward to the next day where Alexis wins the immunity. I don't understand why the plan got shifted onto Shamar other than everyone wanting to protect Stephanie with two ends. And Michael. And I think that's it. I think Shamar was that easy consensus vote. It is the perfect scenario that I wish for every time a potential goat is up on the block. We love the consensus boot, the one that no one bucks back against because they don't really care about the person, um, but is probably not their best move in, you know, for a lot of the players. I do think it was a good move for a lot of the threats. I think all the final three needed to get Shamar out or he would certainly be taking up one of their spots. For sure so not the worst move there for, for them but for some of the other people like I think Jessica
0: Alexis
3: yeah some of those guys like yeah Alexis especially uh, Shamar is oh. not the best boot you know
4: yeah unfortunately in that position for Alexis like you know yeah. she became very aware during that scramble that like if she hadn't won immunity that night she was going home and especially when she starts to be like why are we getting rid of Shamar that makes no sense and nobody's listening to her she has no say over the way the vote goes I think that, that That was a big wake up call for her about her position. But also, I think it's important to note the whole reason that name even stuck is that Sherry just got on people's asses as soon as Alexis won. It was like, so we're doing Shamar, right? Because I remember reading in confessionals that, you know, the plan was if Alexis won, that Jess and Alexis, they wanted to split votes On Sherry again and try and get her out in that position. And I just think it was the fact that she was the first one to get out there and start pushing a name as soon as that immunity was over. And then once that name was out in the ether, everyone just kind of hopped on because they didn't want to be the one to disagree with the plan, you know?
3: Great gameplay here by some players. We also kind of saw... I was shocked Alexis's lack of awareness about her threat level. Because she was really surprised, like, after she won immunity. I remember the conversation she had with Jessica, where Jessica's like, Oh, I'm glad you won immunity, but uh, now I need to figure out what to do. In other words, (laughs) like... (laughs) Clueless to the fact that she basically just told Alexis like she was voting for her. But yeah, Alexis was like uh, completely unaware that she was the obvious target here. I don't know if that's good gameplay by the other players or just a poor read on Alexis'
2: part. Well, I mean, she she knew, but ever since that round, I forget, it was like final 11 or some shit. She won a clue, pushed the vote, and like, won the challenge or whatever. Like, she knew that she was waiting for my inevit- inevitable mid-merge blindside all. But I think she, like, did some strategy where she, like, purposely voted on the minority and thought that that would magically reduce threat level um, rather than just actively try to keep the threats together. And then it kind of seemed like the threats were sticking together. And so I think she just kind of thought that that might happen or she was surprised that someone like Michael would be very quick to turn on her right here, especially when he seemed keen on keeping threats.
4: Yeah, and I think that that's going to be a recurring theme for these final votes here where a lot of these bigger threats, Alexis, Sherry, Stephanie, they all have a lot of faith in their alliances that they made before the merge and at that early merge stage. And a lot of them are going to have moments in the upcoming rounds where they just were not expecting Michael and
3: Matt to be playing as hard as they were. They didn't even know that they were close allies, which is bizarre. Which is because
0: crazy.
2: They were everybody's blind spot for the whole season. <laughs>
3: which is, I mean, I went back and did the charts of both swaps. And Matt, Sherry, and Stephanie with two ends have not been separated the entire game. And Michael has only been separated from them for uh, one of those swaps. So if you would think like on paper, those four people would definitely be working together. I don't know how it's a blind spot, but it's like they're all surprised that Sherry, Matt, Michael and Stephanie were together. It's, it's bizarre.
0: And information was going around like crazy and nobody stopped to ask, ask themselves, like, where is this spreading from? Like, how is this getting from one end to the other end across these groups that are supposed to be separate?
3: Yeah. And I mean, there were several tribal councils, I remember, where those four voted together and they were like the only four other votes from an obvious. You know, so I just don't I, I guess there was just so much so much other stuff going on that people didn't notice and I think the opposition wasn't the strongest because they had gotten rid of all the very serious threats early on in the merge so you know there wasn't much left outside of their alliance to pick up on it and act against it you know Um, but anyway going back into this tribal the bigger thing was that you know Michael has his partner immunity necklace still that he held on to from the last round he does decide to use his necklace so Shamar gets voted out unanimously 7 to 1 then we head into the next round where a Alexis is still on everyone's mind, but this time she does not win immunity. She narrowly loses to Stephanie with two N's and Alexis becomes the next juror in a five to two vote. Sherry being the other vote. It says Michael votes with her out of solidarity and to make Jessica and Hope think he didn't know that she was the boot. I thought it was just for an idol play, but... No, I think it was...
0: No, he knew Matt had the idol.
4: Yeah, I think it was Michael's thinly veiled attempt at jury management, but also, like you said in the, in the notes, he was getting information from some other people. Matt was telling him where the vote was going, but he was telling Jess that he thought it was Sherry, and I think it was to downplay his threat level to Hope and Jess because at this point, he and Michael are pushing for a final four of Hope Jess, Michael, Matt. And if he winds up looking like too much of a threat, they're going to want to cut him. But if he's sitting here being like, look, I was left out of the vote, Jess and hope might consider taking him further. Cause they're going to be like, Oh look, Michael didn't know what was going on. He's so bad. We're so good.
0: Yeah. You know? Because the plan, according to, Michael's like fake, you know, what he didn't know or whatever was that Jessica and Hope were supposed to be voting with Alexis and Michael to vote out Sherry. And so this was kind of his, oh, how could you guys betray me like this type thing?
3: It's also worth noting that Jessica votes out Alexis after telling her which... (laughs) That she was not. Another recurring theme of the merge.
0: (laughs) Yeah, she did that to Shamar, too.
3: This is another thing where Michael really fucks her over because, of course, he knows where the idol is. And she is voting. She's, like, purposely blindsiding people. Like, going out of her way to tell them that she's not voting for them while obviously voting for them in case they have an idol. So, I mean, it just fucks her game all up with the jury. (laughs) Like, she's setting herself up big time to be a Final Three GOAT. And she has... No idea of that.
4: Yeah. So anyways, that vote, Alexis leaving, I think that was an appropriate place for her to leave this season. I think, you know, the fact that she even lasted until seventh in this cast at the merge is an impressive run for somebody who went into the merge with as big of a target as she had.
3: Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, it's one of the situations where we get into a spot where sometimes when these people idle themselves out and get further, it really prevents a lot of moves from being made that should be made. So in that sense, like maybe it was for the best that she went here because you know I think it'd be better she go here than immunitying her way to the final four and losing. You know.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, she basically sets it up for Sherry to be able to (laughs) take that run because this is one of the opportunities where they really could have gotten Sherry out. But they just thought, oh, we can take care of that later. Alexis is really the threat right now because she's been talked up by everybody. Yeah.
3: Also worth noting, I believe we talked about it in the last podcast, but Hope has the v- Steal a Vote and um, she's still holding on to it. So we're heading into the final six with the Steal a Vote and an Idol still out there, Matt's idol, and both need to be played this round. So we know this is going to be a chaotic round. I don't think anybody could have predicted what would happen because anything could have happened. Very chaotic round where I think some of our best gameplay we've had, maybe in all of Stranded, is taking place. It says, Matt decides to tell Hope about his idol, which sets up a crazy day. Everyone seems to have a different plan or preferred final three and are changing their minds constantly. The only person who seems safe is Jessica. Hope sets up a split vote plan where she uses her stolen vote to get rid of either Matt or Michael. However, Sherry and Stephanie both decide to stick with Matt and vote for Hope. Stephanie wins individual immunity. So this round is so crazy. I mean, I think we were looking at the the feeds and at some point a different name was brought up like every conversation of who should be targeted. Oh yeah, I, I had no idea who would go home. I mean, I, I kind of thought I knew Hope was in big trouble because of her vote steal, but I, it could have been anybody, really. And the big this is where one of the biggest blunders, as much as I talk about how great the strategy was this game, there's also one of the bigger blunders that has ever happened.
0: I think there's a couple here, too.
3: Yeah. So uh, Hope seals Matt's vote and uses it to vote for Michael. Matt plays his idol on himself. And Hope leaves in a three to two, two votes for Michael, to one, which is a nullified vote for Matt. How that happens is Jessica and Hope are under the impression that Sherry and Stephanie are voting with them and splitting the vote on Matt and Michael so that one of them has to go home. Why they decided to both vote different ways when they had a guaranteed three votes with that vote steal, I'll never know. At the very worst, they tie. But they decide to split votes at the final six and instead of using sherry and stephanie as the other two votes they decide to split their votes so they both vote different ways and
2: that sends hope home i don't think this is as dumb as y'all are saying so the reason well i mean the decision to split the votes is dumb they they were banking on stephanie flipping and she did not and that was like the the blind side you're right they should have gone through three but i still think hope goes home no matter what because in that scenario on the rebote. Basically, if they go to rocks because of idols and immunities, the only two people eligible to go home would be Stephanie and Jessica. And I guarantee you, Jessica would flip instantly to on hope to not get rocked out. So I think hope would have gone home though regardless.
0: I don't know if Jessica would have because, I mean, she she refrained from voting on a tribal because she couldn't bear to vote somebody out or somebody she gave her word to. So I don't know if she would have flipped on hope there.
3: I don't know. I think that that gives more evidence to the fact that she would have played a more scared game. I think Jessica's so she got such, such tunnel vision on being the last vet and making it to the end that I think I think Waka's right. She probably would have done anything just to get to the end. The moves she had made up until that point were not the bravest of moves. Let's put it that way. Not most. <laughs> Not the most in-your-face. Let's you know she really liked to kind of appease everyone when she was making moves up until that point. So I could totally see her doing caving. Let's say
0: so. The other interesting thing about this round is that at the beginning of it, I thought at least Matt and Hope were planning to work together. They had a final three with Jessica, which I think was pretty legit, and they were they had both advantages. So it would have been just a very easy thing to majority vote on one of Sherry or Stephanie, which Matt, I think, was willing to do at that point. He wanted to break from those from that threesome to give himself a better chance of getting in the end and having a stronger game. And then having advantages means people want to do too much with them and that's when it started getting crazy
3: it's also worth noting this is where Michael because Jessica was in on a plan to blindside Michael try to get him out of the game this is where he can kind of pull the strings to start let's say heart fucking her before uh, the end game yeah I'm back
2: by the way didn't notice you were gone I think the mistake though is that I don't know like Hope has been playing this middle game like the whole game where she kind of like send different names to different groups to try to like vibe people out. I think if she had to like Levita's point, if she had just like kind of been all in on going for Stephanie, that would have worked at Final Six, which I think is the better move. But I think she felt out Stephanie to one group and then she told Michael or something that she wanted to go for Matt, which is the Michael-Matt blind spot again. And then as soon as Matt found out that he was being targeted by Hope, he was done with her in the Final Three.
0: Yeah, like Hope wanted to First, she was like, oh, actually, I don't want to go for Sherry and Steph. I want to go for Michael. But Matt didn't want to go for Michael. And so they got this huge argument. And so Hope was like, fuck it, I'll go for Matt. And then it got really overwhelming. And so Sherry and Stephanie were just like, we're just going to vote out Hope.
3: Yeah, I feel like at this point, Hope played her hands on her threat level, too. I think they were okay with Hope going because she was... A pretty big jury threat at that point. And I think that they started to realize that, too, when she started to make moves on them. So Hope goes home, head into the final five. Although Sherry and Stephanie think Matt is with them, he plans to stick tight with Michael. Sherry wins individual immunity, securing her spot in the final four. At this point, it was very obviously going to be either Stephanie or Sherry, but they both vote together for Michael and they believe that Matt and Jessica want to get rid of Michael too, unaware that they have a tight threesome going on. It's at this point that Michael really pulls Jessica in with him by, you know, at the end of that Hope Tribal Council, he's like, really, Jessica, you know, like he really kind of laid it on thick. And then after that, he almost chastised her for (laughs) I mean, it's funny because he the whole time was playing her, but he makes her believe. That oh, how dare you play me? Like uh, you know, I've been so loyal to you. You know, and it's just it's kind of a joke. But he uses that as leverage to get Jessica firmly in on his final three plans. She says, "Okay, you know my plans haven't worked up until now. I'll just listen to you." This is really where Jessica becomes his number
4: family after the tribal night before.
3: She's like, "Fine,
4: just like tomorrow you." tell me where you want my game and who she could beat at the end. I think Michael is the clear person to take out. I don't think she's beating anybody left in this group, but I just think Michael so clearly has in everything this season and every like Michael's the person to go home, but I mean, just the way that he controlled her here was ridiculous.
3: Yeah, and I think that's going to play to Michael's benefit because he should have been the he was the obvious boot and he did not go home on several occasions. And if you're that high vis and uh, high visibility and you manage to escape the vote like that's a feather in your cap, you know, as much as it sucks because that puts a bigger target on your back. You know, if you're the one who is in trouble and you manage to eke it out, let alone get to the final three without immunity, uh, that's a huge That's a huge accomplishment for your game. Like that's that's something you could definitely brag about at Final Tribal. And I think we'll see that with Michael. I don't know if it's winning worthy. We're going to discuss that at the end, but certainly it's impressive. So here, Stephanie and Sherry vote for Michael. Of course, Matt, Jessica and Michael all vote Stephanie out three to two after Sherry wins immunity her second in a row, I believe. So then we head into the final four where Sherry's the obvious boot. You know, she's won two immunities back to back. She played two idols. She was the pre-merge target for a lot of people. They believe she was running the show with Matt uh, heading into the merge. And she got a lot of heat at those early tribal Councils. So really Sherry's looking like a huge threat and everyone knows she's got to go here. However, she gets the advantage in the challenge for having the most stranded coin up until this point.
0: Totally mental,
2: according to Jessica. Yeah, total bullshit. No, she, she was going to win that challenge no matter what she was far No matter ahead. what.
3: Yeah, I don't think that that advantage even mattered. Uh, I mean, it would have been closer, but I still think she pulls it out. I mean, she solved that final thing in like three minutes. Like, it was
2: ridiculous. Yeah, and I guess for the viewers or people who are on the season who are listening to this after the fact, um, we purposely made the advantage. It was on the, the easiest leg of the box. So it wasn't like she got to skip some super hard part.
0: Yeah, she was ahead before she got to that part of the challenge.
3: By a good, like, four minutes or so. And it's worth noting
4: that the final lock to the box is the part of the challenge that took everyone in Tanzania almost 45 minutes last season. So <laughs> she used to do it in three minutes like she was going to win that challenge.
3: Uh, Jessica could be salty all she wants. The fact of the matter is, Sherry was winning that challenge. Like, I had no doubt in my mind. It would have been a shock if she didn't.
4: The bigger thing to talk about here is that... Sherry winning that challenge has everything to do with the fact that Matt gave her his coins early in the merge and just said, you hold on to them. Like, that was a long time coming. Like, it was so long ago. Those those are Matt's coins. Like, not even somebody voted out of the game. Matt's coins, who was also in that challenge, won Sherry the advantage.
3: I love the message afterwards. He just messages Matt, uh, I guess I shouldn't have given her my coins. LOL. (laughs) (laughs) like yeah probably not especially if she ends up winning that would be a game ending blunder
0: now for future seasons don't pull coins with all your allies could screw you over maybe
3: yeah so of course sherry wins And shockingly, not shockingly, but there is a shocking part to this, but it's not the fact that Mac and Michael stick together. It's that Jessica decides to vote with Sherry. I really thought for a minute she was going to vote for Michael for a second while Sherry voted for Matt and then, you know, not save herself. (laughs) I mean, it was very close to not happening. I didn't. I was kind of shocked that it did
4: happen. Don't be shocked because Jess's plan was that she told Sherry the two of them were going to split votes. Sherry was going to vote on Matt. Jessica was going to vote on Michael. She went into this thinking that Michael and Matt were going to be voting for each other And then she told Michael, hey, I told Sherry, I'm voting for you, but I'm actually voting for Matt. In her head, what she was doing was tricking Sherry into putting a majority on Matt to save Michael instead of sending them to fire making. Instead, what she wound up doing with her master plan was saving herself and putting herself into the fire making challenge.
3: Oh, man, it was it was so good. And then the challenge, which is I mean, to be fair, the challenge is a crapshoot like it's. Kind of. I mean, it's it's people on the jury describing their biggest regret in the game, and you have to match up the players to the their regrets. Matt only gets three out of eight correct, and Jessica gets two out of eight correct. I actually don't think that that's... I feel like three is good in that challenge because it is, it's is—it's a hard I mean, it's kind of a crapshoot, but Jessica does worse than Matt here and uh ends up as the final juror. I think probably good for her mental health because she got to experience that hate in the jury herself and resolve some of that while she's not the focal point of the final three, whereas I think this weekend would have been fucking brutal for her.
0: The jury is less bitter at her or upset with her because she's not in the final three, I'm sure.
3: Yeah, I mean, I'm sure in her eyes Like she's so upset that she didn't make the final three, but really like she was going to lose the final three handedly. And also it would have been really ugly, like maybe one of our ugliest final travels. So I'm in a a sense like, yes, I like drama and I like to I would have liked to see that storyline unfold. (laughs) But on a personal note, I'm relieved that we didn't have to do serious damage control with her getting that much hate over the weekend.
1: It would have been much more humiliating for her. And I just want to say, I disagree with you that this was a crapshoot because a lot of the jurors, they named other jurors in their statements. very yeah, They
0: were very, <laughs>
1: yeah, I, were
0: very, uh, I think they,
1: they ruled out a lot of people in their statements. So I think it wasn't a total crapshoot. I think they could have gotten at least four.
3: Yeah. But, you know, so with that, Jessica joins the jury. The jury we have to talk about is maybe one of our rowdiest. We have had pretty ugly juries in the past. Like, I'm not going to pretend like it's typically peaches and cream on the jury. Never
4: forget Morocco's 200 pages worth of ongoing game commentary.
0: Well, it sounds like they kept it all to one thread.
3: Well, this ain't nothing new. This is, uh, you know, jury experience is toxic in general. Like, it's it's pissed off people hating on three people that did better than them. Like, of course, it's going to be nasty. But a unique experience this season is that a lot of the jury does not like one another. And I think that has been more ugly. Like, in particular, I think Reynolds and Elizabeth have gotten caught up in like their Shamar hatred and their Rocker hatred, which is like. Come on, guys, it's over. You all lost like get together and hate on the final three together <laughs> like this. That's, that's our goal here. But, you know, every jury is different. And uh, these guys had some grievances that they want to express. I think in the case of Reynolds, I'm going to say this. Was shade intended. Like he gave us a little bit, but I think this is Reynolds trying to get his few moments because he didn't really give us that good of a performance in the game. And this is his way of like becoming a character win. Uh, where was that Reynolds in the game talking all that shit? You know, I mean, yes, um, he, he dunked I on Elizabeth on his way out, but he wasn't this bad. I think Reynolds thinks he was badass in the
4: game. If there's one thing that this jury has taught me, it's that Reynolds truly believed he was the head bitch in charge at the merge and was taken out for being the biggest threat in his Alliance. Like, I don't know if this is like him trying to get the attention. I think he truly believes he was the biggest threat in the game.
0: I'm going to agree with Danny there. I do love that. He's been so active as the um, first juror. It's very, he's, he's given me more in Ponderosa than I did get from him in the game for sure.
3: Yeah, I mean, look, I love that the jury's active. They're very active and they're very uh, animated, proving why we casted them in the first place. I just, I, what I really am upset about is that I like Shamar a lot and I think they kind of chase him off yeah. and that that sucks because. I'm, yeah, I'm
0: very sad we haven't gotten Shamar's like input in Ponderosa.
3: Uh, and frankly, I don't blame him. Like they were pretty awful for no reason towards him. Like, uh, I'm not sure
1: why that was, but. Well, that thing that was be- only because the, um, Shamar mentioned his race. And they just jumped on it as him playing the race card. And it kind of blew up from there.
3: Yeah, I, I don't love a, a racial tension moment on Stranded.
1: I don't think they're racist. I, I don't think they're racist. I think, no, you, I think kind of I mean, he up. insinuated
3: it, to be fair, after he got ganged up on. But I think I, I really think at that point he was grasping at straws of what to attack back with because they had jumped on him so quickly once he got yeah, to they jury. had the
0: thread ready before he before he got there like that. He they beat him. They beat me to the welcome thread. And, and to be fair, much of a welcome well, I
3: I think that they started that thread before they knew he was getting voted out. And I also think like Reynolds kind of got caught by Shamar, like talking shit about him right as he entered. So I think a little bit of that was like uh, overcompensation for being caught red handed at really being awful for no reason towards someone who was jo- joining the jury. A lot going on in the Ponderosa this season. But basically, Jessica gets there. She gets to see that she was not necessarily beloved by people. In fact, she was pretty aggravating the people in the game, which is a good bubble to burst in the jury I think I think it's better than like getting out of the game and being in the final three thinking you've won and everyone being like you played terribly like that's not a great feeling and I don't think she played horribly I think she made a lot of mistakes and I think she made you know some of the stuff was super cringy and terrible but I mean she made final four so you have to give her that she did have a hard season and she had Michael uh, fucking with her the whole time so like good on her withstanding that mess because that couldn't have been easy
4: yeah I agree and I think the problem for Jess too is I mean you see it in normal Survivor 2. There are plenty of players who play this great pre-merge game and they get to the merge and they jump into a group and they think that they are masterminding and they think that they are in control and really what it is is that they're in a majority alliance or they're voting with people but they're not essential to the decisions that are being made. I think where Jess went wrong is that by sticking with Michael and letting herself keep getting roped back into that group, she loses all agency and all people see her as was an extra number and kind of a weird relationship, a toxic relationship. And I, I just think that like, had she had more agency and been a little more open to jumping over and working with people like Sherry and Stephanie, or even getting together with people she could beat like Aurora and Shamar and trying to make something happen that wasn't just go to the end with my partner. I think she would have fared much better. I just think that in some people's minds, voting correctly means you're playing a
1: great game, which is not the case. Um, she did not vote correctly to begin with. She had the worst vote voting record of the final
2: six. And she she recognized at one point, I remember there was like a confessional that it was like, okay, my best shot here is I need final four, me, Aurora, Shamar, Hope. Like that needs to be my final four. But like rather than just like aggressively go for that and like try to get all those people together, she's kind of like went along with things, which I mean, part of that is probably because of everything going on, in like personal life. But like she saw the past, she just didn't actually pursue it.
3: <laughs> it I mean, look, it, she didn't play the best game. And I think it's going to take a lot more practice outside of discord orgs to get good at that. And it's going to take a lot of learning, more self-awareness in the game. That's what it comes down to.
1: Pooty, don't say that
3: because she's a break Poodie,
0: she needs a break
1: <laughs> pootie don't say that because now she's gonna think you're talking about instagram orgs and start playing them <laughs> yeah
3: no jessica you need a long break to reflect on your game please,
0: please just just relax to see what you did wrong not feel the stress of these games they get exhausting
3: yeah and i think you know i mean we knew that like she's she way overdid it heading into this, and we thought for sure she was going to crash and burn. It's gone a little bit better than I thought it would, so I'm glad for that. But, you know, n- enough can't be said that you really benefit from reflecting on your mistakes in a game, and that takes a little bit of time and uh, to pause. Because even we saw with Reem, you know, Reem got all this praise and people loving her uh, for good reason coming out of Kuril, and then headed directly into Isolated where she was in a, a bad place personally. And also, she had no feedback on how to improve her game. So, you know, she didn't get to see a lot of the flaws that she then saw realized in Isolated. So, you know, take a break, Jessica. Reflect on some of the things you have learned, some of the things that these great players that you've played with can teach you. And I think you'll do all right. Uh, let's talk about our final three. Jess, you're entertaining as hell, though. Yeah. Oh, star one of the stars of the season, for sure. Uh, I mean, if we're looking at this season, you can't talk about it without talking about Jess, among some others. But certainly she's if up
0: you want to talk about Buzz names in the in the server. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I'd say it was her season. That's not a bad call. I think of the veterans, for sure, it's her season.
4: I think the story of the season is Michael and Jess. Like that partnership, it fits all of the themes that we threw in for the season. It's a vet and a noob. They were the partner twist, like, and they go all the way through. And I just think their story is central to how every vote played out. So two of them, like, depending on who you want to say, you saw it through the eyes of. I think if Michael wins, it's his story and you saw it through his eyes of the villain and watch Jess's downfall because of it
1: yeah the center of the cover is gonna be i'm giving you ideas right now it's gonna be sherry in the middle because she's gonna win and then it's gonna be michael on her left side and jessica on her right
3: Okay, well, um thank you for your input. I'll uh, put that in with HR and we'll see, you know. Thank you for the suggestion. <laughs> I think it's, it, I think this is going to come down to to Michael and Sherry. First of all, I think Matt is actually doing better in Final Tribal so I think he might get a vote or two because he he did play a very good game. He just didn't execute at the end where I think he needed to. So I don't think he'll win. But this is not a final three where like one person is terrible and obviously not winning. It will be close regardless because they've all played fantastically. Even Matt as like our final three, maybe goat, quote unquote, is like one of our better players. So there's no goat here.
1: It's very different from, you know, other orgs where the where the big threats go back to back at the beginning of the merge And, you know, you just end up with like, you know, the lower tier tier threats and a couple goats. You know, I think these are some of our biggest players in the merge.
3: Absolutely. And we've had a lot of of big players this season. Let's talk about one at a time, I guess. Let's talk about Matt first. Matt has played maybe the best socially in the early half of the game, for sure, and in the merge, but what he's done with that has not been great towards the end. I think he needed, like we were talking about that in the last podcast, he needed that idle play to be successful, and it really wasn't, like it wasn't anything to write home about, and he needed to really pull off something where, you know, now all the jury thinks he's complete goat and didn't do much all season. Of course, he can explain that, but it's a Scooby-Doo reveal, right? So it's never as impactful as them seeing it themselves. So... Matt especially has an because
0: battle. the jury has been expecting him to scooby-doo reveal yeah and they're then it's like, like you know this is what he's gonna try to do we know he's gonna try to scooby-doo reveal he's been talking mad shit about us this whole time according to you know the people the last few jurors who brought in that info and the, they know all of this stuff and so when he does it it's not even very impressive because they're like yeah 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 okay you know Cool.
4: Yeah, Yeah. exactly. My personal opinion here is where Matt started to go wrong was as soon as he found that idol. I think people knowing that he had the idol was a huge issue for his game. If no one knows Matt has the idol, I think Final Six goes way differently. I think he's able to pull off a big move take out Michael or uh, save Michael, take out Sherry or Stephanie without having to deal with all the whole bullshit. And then on top of it, heading into this season, he told us he's very, very good at making bonds, but what he's bad at is, is then breaking them where it's like he'll toss people to the side because he's looking at them strategically. And I don't think he was prepared for how personal this game gets. I don't think he was prepared for how hurt people like Hope and Jess and other people that he formed deep relationships with. I don't think he was prepared for how hard they were going to take his betrayals here at the end to stay with Michael. And I just think that fact that his closest allies were Michael who's a huge threat Sherry who's a huge threat Stephanie who's a pretty big threat maybe a little less so than the others but played a great social game like I just think he set himself up to be aligned with all people who are bigger threats than him and never in a position where
1: he was going to be able to take the spotlight to make a case for Matt I think he has the best game on paper Until the final six or until the final five. I think he's always in the right side of the numbers. He's always in the majority. He's always safe like i don't think there was i don't think there was a single round up until the end where he was in danger the Reynolds boot but otherwise we will well, be yeah. a
2: minority on that but yeah
1: yeah i mean that's pretty much the only round where he voted incorrectly where he kind of messed up is he doesn't have the physical game that sherry does you know where she can say you know i was always i was a big target, but I fought to stay here and I fought to make it here. And he also wasn't flashy like Michael. So I think he kind of has an uphill battle compared to those two.
3: Yeah. I also think a little bit of lack of awareness on his part. I think he didn't even realize he was losing until the end and he should have seen that coming like he should have known Michael is very visible and so is Sherry and they're both playing idols and calling people out like he should have known okay I probably shouldn't go to the end with these two
0: yeah I think he knew Sherry he couldn't go to the end with Sherry I think it was Michael who was his blind spot where Matt was most everybody else's yeah I mean and to be
4: fair to Matt too he did have a final three with Jess and Hope and I'm fairly certain that he was cool with that final three up until like the final seven final six when hope started to question him and be very sketched out by his relationship with sherry and stephanie and being like no no no, we need to cut these people like i think that round hanked it for him because now you no longer have the two people that you know you can beat in that final six trusting you and wanting to go to the end with you
3: okay well let's talk about michael because i think matt do we have to Yes, I'm excited to talk about Michael. I think Michael is one of our best characters, maybe of all time. And if he wins, he's going to be a very compelling winner. Now, we've had in the past several huge villain winners. It's not, you know... Completely unheard of. It is more rare. And I don't know if outside of maybe Cataly, uh, the others escape me at the moment, but there are some. It's pretty rare that someone is that high visibility and the focal point and also able to get to the end game. There have certainly been people who play the way Michael has and have come in second place. That happens a lot. So maybe we can see a repeat of that. Notably, Teresa, uh, Scout, Lil, all people who made very deep end game and not have won Two of those were in the final three and lost to an under the radar player. So I don't know if that will happen here, but certainly it's going to be close, I think, between him and Sherry. I think Sherry has the edge because Michael, it's always easier to vote for someone you like. And I don't know if Michael has been that likable to people to this point. I mean, he, of course, has made friendships, but he burned those pretty hard and pretty visibly. So that's a tough pill for people to swallow and be like, okay, you got me. Uh, I'll vote for you to win. You could argue he didn't think about the jury when he was doing that. You could argue that's bad gameplay. He doesn't deserve their vote. All valid points. But it's such a polarizing decision because he was so visible and a part of so many moves and decisions that he directly made in front of everyone. It's hard to deny that. So I think it's a tough decision. I don't think he'll win, but I think if if I was on the jury, I'd probably vote for him. And I'm rooting for Michael to win. Uh, spoiler alert.
0: <laughs> I think what Michael's, I mean, so they all posted their opening statements that that happened. That's done. And I think the, the issue with Michael right now is that he's playing he, his opening statement reads less of I deserve to be here and more of you guys are you guys are to blame to why you're not here because he's kind of he kind of played that like loyalty cards like I play a loyal game and you guys betrayed me and that's why you're out of the game.
4: Yeah, I was gonna say like, I mean, OTT negative to the very end for him. We talked a bit about- about, you know, his and Jess's relationship. And I mean, this would have been the perfect time to like turn around and be like, hey guys, like I dedicated myself to this game and I told myself I was going to do whatever it took to make the end. I cut people, like Aurora called me out at final nine saying that I was huge threat and that you guys needed to take me out and she was right i fought and i lied and i played with your emotions to get here like now is the time to own it instead he's sitting at the end and continuing the story where he's like well Jess you betrayed me first and that That determined everything for the rest of the game. And it's just, it's, you can't look away.
1: It is, he's entertainment and it's cringy, but it's wild. How are you going to sit at the final three and portray yourself as a meek little bitch and act like you're the victim? That's just stupid.
3: (laughs) Well, (laughs) I think the problem is... I don't know if this is an act for Michael. That's the biggest I I think he's living I'm so confused. I think he's living his fantasy of being like the villain and that delusion has carried into the final three like I uh, you know like you said Danny yes now's the time to drop the veil and show some humility and realize like okay I need to get some votes here if he's aware enough to make moves like that in the game he should be aware enough to know I gotta dupe some people and at least pretend like I'm uh I felt bad for it you know and, and get some votes here that's not the case he's like full in on the villain mode still and I think I don't know if it's all like OK, he wants to go out as the biggest villain. So like he's got to continue that charade through final three or if he's just really that person that maybe he's a little mean. Maybe he enjoyed it. Maybe the thing with Jessica is not an act. Maybe he just does that because that's how he handles people in general.
4: I don't even necessarily think he needs to ap- apologize. I just think he need to own it. Like his confessional has been owning his villainy all season. Like, why are you now getting up at the end and pretending that that's not the game you played if you want to play the game are you just afraid that by admitting that you were manipulative on purpose the entire season people don't want to vote for you i personally feel like people are gonna be way more inclined to vote for you if you admit to all of it rather than be patronizing and his speech just comes off as patronizing
0: yeah i think he doesn't realize that the jury talks to each other
3: or not as much. Or
4: he thinks the jury hasn't caught on by now.
0: Yeah, I, I think he still thinks he's thinks that he has one up on the jury. This is it's like performance and they're going to be none the wiser. But Jess already well, posted her uh, final tribal council. And uh, it's very evident from that that the jury has been talking and that I mean, Michael's getting some flack and should probably fess up.
3: Yeah, the the thing is, uh, I think so many people will have made these speeches that it will become very obvious, like you need to need to own up to it. I, I think he's done himself a disservice because he's used to fooling Jessica. And I think he's assuming the rest of the jury is easily as fooled. And they're not like they're not Jessica. They're not. He hasn't been mind fucking them all season like he has Jessica. They can't. They're not going to buy his shit. Yeah, I mean, I'm rooting for sharing. <laughs> Yeah, I mean,
4: long story short, Michael would be like an iconic winner. And the story that got him the win would be one of the most interesting that has happened, at least since I've been around. It's just one of those things where I, I just don't see him pulling it off because I think that the way he's approaching this final tribal does not highlight the incredible amount of work that he put in over the season to get to the end. Instead, it's kind of like a, how dare you guys not trust me? I had to vote you out because you were all betraying me. It's just the complete wrong approach to claim the title with the game he played, in my opinion.
3: We'll see. I mean, I think it'll be close. And I also think it depends, you know. Is this going to be the story of a better jury? Like that's that's typically the case when these big villains get to the end and don't win, right? We've seen it time and time again. That's what they claim. It's a better jury. I think it's more to do with how they handle the jury and also their final tribal speech. I think I think it can do a lot. If Michael loses, it'll be because of this, this final tribal council well,
0: performance. I, I think. Don't- I don't know about that. I think no. Sherry might have had the edge before before the opening statements were posted. Yeah, Sherry, Sherry was walking
1: into this with the other hand.
4: The bitter jury conversation is a good one to have when the other players in the final three don't have their own game to stand on. I think the issue for Michael, if he loses to Sherry, is just that like Sherry was a completely likable person who was a big threat and then wasn't able to be taken out before the end by her own volition. Like She won her way there. She should have been gone. And like that is a completely respectable game to vote for. Michael losing to that isn't because the jury is bitter so much as a good child of the jury like sherry and would love to vote for her now if he was sitting there next to jess and he lost to jess then I think he could claim it was a bitter jury. I just think in this situation it was going to be close and if they go with Sherry it's because Sherry deserved it. If they go with Michael it's because Michael deserves it. Like it's just the two of them both sitting there. They both have their own reasons to vote for them that are completely valid and I just think you know if Michael loses it's going to be more because of his mistakes than anything to do with the jury.
3: Okay now let's hear from Levita while she sucks Sherry's kneecaps.
0: Oh I mean I was basically going to say the same thing as Danny. Sherry played a really good game Uh, she totally would deserve a win and people voting for her wouldn't be because they're bitter against Michael I think there's a lot of people on this jury who are rooting for her by the time they entered the jury
4: well yeah and I mean let's even talk about Liz, who hated Sherry's guts and is already in Rosa.
3: Well, we, we still haven't gone over Sherry. Nofo, what did you have to say?
1: I think Sherry was walking into this with, an, with the upper hand. I think, you know, she was the underdog for most of this. She became a huge target, a huge threat that they needed to get out. But she still hung on and she still stuck it out by winning those challenges, which I think really took her over the edge. And I think she was going to win regardless.
3: OK, let's talk about Sherry. I think you're right. I think that the final three immunity wins back to back to back really solidified the win for her. And I, But I also think she needed that.
0: If if she gets to I the end... I totally agree. Oh, she definitely did.
3: Yeah, I think if she gets to the end otherwise, without those idol, those immunity wins or you know, just going along with her alliance, I think she was very under the radar. Even though she played two idols... She didn't have a huge presence on the forums, let's say, like in public, right? She was very good socially, very likable, but and very good strategically. But uh, I think you know, very even with, let's say, Matt and Michael at that point. And then Michael, I think, had a leg up because he did that all the shenanigans with Aurora and Jessica at that Tribal Council. Now, I think uh, Sherry really regained a lot of her ground by winning the winning out in the end. I mean, that's a huge feather in your cap. Plus, it became obvious she should be the next target and she was able to stay despite that from final 5 on. And that's really, you know, that's what the jury loves. They love someone who should go home, but immunity's out. So that that's going to be I think you're right. I think Sherry's the favorite going into this. But I also think Michael is someone that the jury expected to be voted off and he didn't have immunity and he still was able to make the final 3. So, it's going to be close. It's it's a tough vote. I think Sherry has a lot to be proud of like you said. Pre-merge, I think she played flawlessly, I think, with the exception of maybe the jet boat, but you know she controlled a lot of that, the newbie side of things. She went into the merge, a big target, played, and played two idols right away, saved herself, and then managed to go under the radar and play fabulously throughout the rest of the merge. So it's just these, these guys are so good. I mean, they really are some of our best players, and they're all in the final three. So... I don't know. This is a hard decision. The jury is going to have a hard time this weekend, I think.
4: I think as a host, when I'm looking at this season, I think the only downside to a Sherry win is that I just don't feel like the story of the season is about Sherry. You know, I feel like when you have somebody like Michael, who's been just so integral to the way that the game played out here at the end, like you just you kind of want to see that person eke it out and get the win just so it feels like it came full circle. But the thing about Sherry and it's something that you just... You don't see it very often to have somebody come in and be such a huge target at the merge. And somehow after being, you know, constantly used as a backup vote by Jessica, by Alexis, by Hope, like everybody's constantly being like, we should split onto Sherry. We should try and get Sherry out starting at the final 14. And she makes it all the way to final five before she really was going to be the target and then was able to win out and not get that target ever placed onto her back. Like that's just it's an, an incredible run or somebody who was such a big name at the merge. So I think that she would be a completely deserving winner. I kind of wish she would have been more central to the story for it to be like a you know bow on the end of the season. But I think... I do think she's going to be the one to win.
1: Danny on your first point. Um well, have you ever heard of Survivor Samoa? I was going to say. The story is oh how Michael lost if he loses, you know. Um
0: <laughs> I do think though like at the merge the story was Sherry versus Liz for a bit. I mean, well Liz was making it Sherry versus Liz for a bit, but the Michael and just thing definitely took over when Liz left the game.
3: This has been I mean it's it's a very long season. Uh, very competitive season, <laughs> Lots very of dramatic. Stories.
1: Lots of stories, lots, lots of drama. Very entertaining. I think
3: it's Very actually entertaining.
1: better than Tanzania.
3: I, You know, you're not alone on that. Joaquin has said yeah, that as well. I'm kind of on the fence. I think, you know, uh, right now it's, I have to see how it ends. Let's put it that way. And also, you know, the recency bias too. We have to like give it some perspective too. I but yes it's been fantastic to watch there's not been really a dull point in the season
4: Not us saying that it's our favorite season every newbie season since the start of 2020
3: (laughs) I know but they've all been so good
1: Uh, no it's been like since the season after Morocco
3: yeah (laughs) it's so true yeah true Um, but I think we've also been on a roll with our seasons I think yet again this is a fantastic cast and they have delivered it's going to be this is going to be a nail-biter final I think I don't think it'll be a slam dunk I think it's going to come down to the, the live final on Sunday. And we made the case for the final three. Let's just quickly make our picks. Uh, I'm going to pick. I want Michael to win. I think the obvious choice is Sherry. So I'm going to go with Michael just to differ from the rest of you guys.
0: I mean, I picked Sherry in the first podcast going over people's winner picks and I will continue to pick Sherry.
3: Yeah, I'm going to say
1: Sherry's going to win six, three
0: There are eleven jurors. <laughs>
1: I pick Matt because it has the best odds and I want to win big. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to be a millionaire by putting $10 on all the stranded coin. All
3: right. I think that that's it. You know, we'll get together again after the season. I know particularly the reunion, the award ceremony, all the post season interviews that we are dying to hear. We welcome all the news. We thank all you guys for a great season. I think you really clearly showed up all the vets as we predicted. And I think this whole season is going to be, I think this is going to be a season we look back on for lessons let's say <laughs> things not to do things to do good games bad games i think it had a little bit of everything but certainly everyone gave it their all and put on a great show so thank you to everyone who listening to the podcast but also uh, who
1: lived it well you know if it's not the best season in a while it's definitely one of the best end games we've seen in a while yes
0: this season was full of invested cast members from eric to our final three
4: I was going to say it's also been one of the most fun lurking experiences. The lurker server has been a lot of fun this season.
1: Well, you uh, know, I hardly ever watch these seasons and I was paying attention pretty closely.
3: Yeah. And it, it's a testament because a lot of the people that we know and the beefs we were looking forward to all went out early. So we still were invested to the very end. And I think that's the sign of a great cast. So I think I'm going to close out the podcast now. Goodbye. And of course, God bless god bless
0: everyone fuck
3: brandon don't include that (laughs) (laughs) how dare you you need to (laughs) repent and say uh 30 hail brandon's
1: and um i love you brandon i'm I'm joking all eric (laughs) all right guys bye hey